Growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Well, hello, hello, my friend. So welcome back to another Beauty Boss series. Today I'm interviewing Taylor Perry. You're going to hear all about his journey and SMP, which is scalp micropigmentation. If you don't know, Taylor began his career when he was 15. He went to cosmetology school. He worked as a barber first. He also then picked up tattooing and he got himself some equipment. He started teaching himself how to draw and mix colors, shape and design. He started out as a barber, had a very successful career doing that, and then transitioned into tattooing and also into SMP, scalp micropigmentation. He also has an academy he teaches in Florida. He's one of the only accredited artist and academy that his tattoo license, he can actually license you as well. And so you'll learn not just the SMP, but the bloodborne pathogens, which is super important. So good you? to have you. I'm great. So I've been stalking you for a bit. I love uh, your uh, journey. I love how, and, and I think if you you could probably tell like the 60 second story best, but I love how you started as a barber okay. and then into tattooing and like you really have like the full background. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was just kind of like just so meant to be. I started cutting hair in middle school and by the time I made it to ninth grade, I was offered a job in the barber shop. So the beginning of ninth grade, I started cutting hair professionally, which I think back at it now, it's that's insane, you know, just a whole different era. And my oldest brother is a tattoo artist. He taught me how to tattoo. He's in his 50s now, so he's, he's a decent amount older than me. He taught me how to tattoo back when I was a teenager. So I've always, you know, just super artistic, always done tattoos, cut hair professionally my whole life. And, you know, I was actually eating dinner one night, and I'm probably like almost 20 years into cutting hair. I'm eating dinner at my brother-in-law's house. And he's like a real spiritual guy and everything. And, you know, I was telling him, like, I, I want a career change. Like, I'm just so tired of being stuck in the barbershop. I need something different. And he was like, now you have a career change. It's on the way. You just don't even know it exists. And I was like, that's impossible. Like, you know, how could I not know something that doesn't exist? That's just impossible. And then about eight months later, one of my clients came in for a haircut cutting his hair and, and he's like yo how do you like my my head i'm like it looks good i mean what'd you do put just for men like you put the hair dye in it yourself and he's like no it's a, it's a tattoo and i was like oh my god i was like how come i never thought about this and that was it the second he told me that i was just like thank you that's exactly what he was talking about 
I so love that. I, what I love about what I've kind of gathered from like your interviews and kind of checking out your story is that you are, you're very ambitious. You know what I mean? I remember hearing you say in an interview that like you kept cutting hair on doing that full time and then doing the, the SMP like after hours on the side. And so oh. like you kept on going for it and you obviously yeah. have the academy, you have products, you have all of these next levels. But I want to yeah. know where does that ambition stem from? It's just one of those things I do crave success, not even craving success. I like to build things and I really like to learn. So I'm like, I'm a lifelong student, you know, I will never stop learning till I die. It's just something I enjoy, you know, it's always getting better. And, you know, when I started doing SMP, I had no clue where it was going to take me. You know, I had a very, uh, not a small vision, but it wasn't nowhere near is where I ended up being now and where I'm going to go in the future. It was just you know, it was just one of those things. Originally, it was to make some supplement income. And then that slowly took over the barbering career. And then I was like, okay, if I get like two, three clients a week, I can make, you know, double my barber income. And then when that happened, I was like, hold on, I killed myself my whole life for $30 haircuts. I got to kill myself now still but actually make something really meaningful. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Like I do cut, like I did cutting hair, sun up to sun down. And, you know, it just grew. I am, I'm not contempt with anything. I'm extremely grateful for everything, but not contempt. Like I always want to do better, you know? And really it kind of just stemmed into teaching and I get a lot of, I get a lot back from helping people. It just does, it does something for me with the clients, especially with the students. And just, you know, I was in those shoes. I know how they feel. So helping them create bigger revenue. I love that when you've been on that path yourself, like you have a deeper appreciation for the journey. And I think it helps you then feel like that need to give back, right? Like out of the gratitude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's keeps the abundance coming. You know, you can help somebody else do very well. Love that. Interesting is SMP is just still like it's in its infancy. It's like still a baby. You know, I trained in permanent makeup in 2003 and I trained in SMP. I think at that time, I, the only one that was doing it was Scalpa. And that was 2010 or 11. So it was so different back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot, a lot has changed since then. Um, as far as, uh, the color mixing, the inks, the pigments, and uh, the needles uh, definitely has evolved. I've been in this industry for six years now. It's gotten so much better. It was, I don't want to say it was confusing because, you know, brow pigments can be a little bit challenging, like kind of figuring out what's going to be the best. But it would yes. definitely was like there was the grayscale and it was like, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm not, we were, there was, we were mixing back then, right? There was mixing. And definitely the needles uh -huh. are finer. They're just so much better. Yeah. There's one RLs and stuff like that from back then. What you're great. I've done some mind blowing work with one RLs, but these three RLs are just so much more efficient and they just leave such a crispier impression, you know, that lasts longer. Just like PMU, it just, you know, it's evolving. The industry's growing so fast, like you said, since it's in its infancy, 
but structurally we are slowly catching up to you know the PMU and stuff like that you know what do you think are some of the things like maybe industry myths or just things in general that most people don't realize about SMP okay so you know it's so strongly or heavily marketed to bald men which obviously it's amazing for that but you know, I tell everybody this, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a hair loss procedure, quote unquote, but in actuality, this is a hair enhancement. It's for all humans. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you have thick hair or thin hair, it's a hair enhancement. So in the barber shop, we're really big on hair dyes. We, we dye the beard. So the line's really dark, the hair lines, when a woman dyes her hair brunette or black, and the hair dye stains the skin, their hair looks super full and, and very, like a lot of volume for those three or four days till it washes off the scalp. So it's the same concept as that. It's really for everybody. You know, there's not anybody that you particularly can't do it to. Yeah, and I love that you say that because I have a marketing student who is specializing, because I always tell him, like, niche down, like, really get, you know, be, be the go-to specialist. Yeah. And she specializes in women yeah. hair density. Yeah. Huge. I love that. And a lot of the PMU artists that come, and I got boatloads of PMU artists that are starting to um, train with me. And I tell them, I said, listen, the women who care more about vanity and cosmetics than anybody on earth, nobody's marketing to them. And I'm like, it's an open playing field. You know, you are the first line there. Um, I have done, you know, tons of women. I had never really marketed to women. Cause like you said, my niche was the barbershop style, you know, clientele. And that just what really blew me up. So, you know, now I'm starting slowly to start just showing like, yo, this is for everybody, you know, everybody. It's like you said, you know, I do tell students because especially when you're an artist and, you know, you want to do everything. But I tell them if you want to get like, if you really, really want to like be great, just focus on one, that one thing, that one thing that you just specialize in and just be the best in that. And then eventually, you know, all those other services but focusing on just women focuses on maybe just natural, you know, hairlines focusing on more the barbershop edge of whatever, like just does it for you. You know, even like lips and brows, everybody does, you know, lips and brows, they do them great. But like you have those certain people that their lips, their lip blush just stands out and that's just what they focus on. So finding that one lane, yeah. and just giving it everything. I think is, is really what helps make people. Yeah. You know? And also, I mean, if you think about like all the women that are getting hair extensions, spending thousands of dollars, like, you know, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't get them, but I, I, I think it's like month, not monthly, but it's probably like every few months that they have to get it. Right. Yeah. And so like that, yeah. th they're a prime audience. Like I think it's really recession proof. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, no matter what, we're still going to keep yeah. our, our, you know, ourselves looking good. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, so, and so there are a few sessions. It usually takes about two sessions. How long does it typically take you to do uh -huh. one session, like the first session? I book every client for three hours, you know, walking in the door, giving a haircut. So you're looking at three hours. Granted, if the job is bigger or if we're actually talking a lot, it could 
take four hours, you know, but if I'm not talking, I'm just working. It's pretty much. Uh, yeah. Typical. And in terms of like the average pricing, I know it varies per country, obviously, and per state yeah. and even, but what do you think like the average is? Uh-huh. I said 2,500 to 3,500 would be the ballpark average worldwide. I talked to people in the UK, uh, Europe. I talked to people in Australia, Canada. We're all around the same Perfect. price, you know? So yeah, 2,500 to 3,500 would be the ballpark. Yeah. And do you recommend that they only use your products afterwards? Me personally, I, I only use my products and I made my products for myself. I didn't necessarily make my products to become a brand. It was when I started, you know, doing the S&P and these products needed to evolve. And I met manufacturers down the line, you know, like my product company is located in the U.S. They're all American made. And the owner of the factory is one of my clients. That's how I met him. Manufacturing, my needles, someone I became friends with online. And, you know, we just built a great relationship. So I made these products exactly the way I wanted them. There is a bunch of other great products out there. What would you say is the starting investment for somebody that's like just brand new? Like they're not even a PMU artist. They don't have a machine or anything. What would, what's kind of like a ballpark? Yeah. Well, you got, I have online training, which is 1500 And then I sell a kit of all the equipment, which is, I want to say maybe a kit, $400. I have to check on my website. So you're looking at, let's say, roughly 2000 to start. Online training, a lot of people can take it and become extremely successful. You know, you've been doing PMU forever. Same here. I can watch online courses and get a lot of gems out of there. But I always, there is nothing that can replace in-person, hands-on training, of course. So with in-person training, you know, I would say roughly four thousand dollars you know which is typically the price of not even two clients yeah you got to think about that for sure what do you think are the common complications that people run into do you think it's like i am gonna say it's a hairline but you might say it's like technique or something like that what would you say common comp uh, like like as far as like a new artist i feel like teaching somebody how to do the procedure and getting them to do it good is not the problem if they put in the work and they pay attention in class and they practice the techniques at home i don't see anybody not being able to eventually get very good at it you know i like to compare it to the gym if you go once a week you're never getting results but if you do a little bit every day you're going to get great results you know so getting practitioners to do good work not the problem the problem is people come they learn and now they don't know how to start their business. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to approach clients. What do you do when someone comes to you with botched work? <laughs> do you refer them out or do you do the removal yourself? So the beginning of my career, I was so excited to fix botched work. I thought it was so much fun. I was so proud of myself. And, you know, when I see these artists bragging about how they fix a quote-unquote botched job I'm like all right yeah that guy just started because you know once you get into this and you really get established the last thing I want to do is touch botched work and they're going to say I did it after I make it look a little better but for the most part there is a lot of techniques I can do to neutralize the the color if it's cold you know 
there is saline removal methods. I'm not a huge fan of them, but they do work. They're just kind of tedious and they take a long time, but they do, they do yield results. I think it, like you, you hit it on that head. Like when you're new, you're just like any warm body and you also are excited to try to help everyone and fix everyone. And then you get to this level where you're just like, yeah. I can't take on that pain and that problem today. No, and especially because they're not going to tell somebody, yeah. I fix botch work. When they say, who did your head? And it's, it looks a million times better than it did before, but it does not look like my work. They're still going to say, I did it, you know? So, you know, I just really try to talk them into getting that laser. And it's really not as bad as people think. If you go to somebody that has these Alibaba machines, yeah, you're in for a long ride. They're going to do eight sessions. It's not even going to be removed. But if you go to... You know, I, I personally like Candela Medical. There's other machines that are really, really good. I'm not familiar with them, but they can knock it out in one or two sessions and and you just yeah. get a clean slate, you know? And it's not expensive. I, I want to tell you, it's like 300 bucks a session. So it's not, it's not that crazy. Yeah, for sure. And definitely walking around with it on your head. I mean, Lord, what pigments do you prefer for scalp, organic or inorganic? For scalp, you know, right now, I feel like in the future, these inorganics and organics and these blends, I think will be great in the future. The colors that they have in the PMU uh, industry are amazing, but they have large loads of glycerin and fillers in them, which cannot be used on the scalp. Those dots will migrate and they'll be huge. So everybody uses now is just basically uh, black carbon. And I use ink with zero glycerin in it. And then, you know, we'll neutralize those, try to make like an ashy brown or a chocolate brown, you know, with some other colors in it. But basically, you know, we're just using black carbon pigment. And when they have all these special inks they're promoting and all these S&P stuff, it's just, you know, relabeled ink. You know, ultimately black carbon ink with the lowest amount of glycerin possible, if not none you know, that yields the best healing results. Yeah. And I think when I look at the industry, like in general, the issues just tend to revolve around the three things are bad technique, like maybe oversaturating it or just blowouts yeah. to hairline just off the hairline. So it's not blended to look yeah. like yeah. kind of coming out, you know, it's like two helmet. And then yeah. three, just like the bluing of it over time. And so if those issues can be resolved, yeah. like sky's the limit. Yeah, they can be resolved. So, I mean, I don't use pure black carbon on anybody. Zero, never will I ever do that. It's always modified to an ash brown or chocolate brown. But again, it is a black carbon base. So it's always going to have some coolness to it. But yeah, you know, oversaturating barbershop edge ups. You know, because these dots do migrate no matter what. They do spread a little bit, you know, over time. So just, you know, keeping the, the impressions, you know, not too hard at that lineup area and just choosing the tone of gray wash for the Fitzpatrick scale as best as possible, you know, because, uh, and it, again, this goes all, it has a lot to do with culture too, because you got, you know, the urban, Hispanic, African-American community, and they like really dark stuff, you know? So somebody, my skin color, they can typically want it really black, blacker than they are able to get it, you know? So just as an artist, understanding how 
far I could push it, you know? I know this client wants it dark, but I can't give it a dark like he wants it to be. It's just, it's not going to work, you know? So just, you know, knowing certain things and knowing where my limits are. That's stuff so like good because I think you know? that like everybody can have a takeaway from that. Like the clients will always push for what they want and you have to like set expectations. You have to hold up your reputation. You have to kind of say no when you want to kind of please them. Yeah. And at the same token, understanding the, the culture differences. Because there's, you know, you have like a, a brow daddy style brow that is, you know, saturated, very dark, hard lines. And then you have people who like more softer, natural looking stuff. And they could always talk trash about that style. But it's just a culture difference. And there's so many people who love that style. Yeah, perfect. I love know. that. So your journey has really evolved, right? Like, and... And at the end, I'm going to ask you, like, what's coming up next? Because I'm so excited to hear. Cause, but I want to uh -huh. know, like, what are your unexpected lessons in your journey? Like, because you've gone to different levels, right? Wow. <laughs> There's been so many of them. Unexpected. There's a lot of unexpected lessons. I can say right off the top of my head, one of the, the things that would hurt me the most was it's not personal. And when I became extremely successful and when I started buzzing and I was at the bottom, slowly making my way up, the, you know, people bashing me, people hating on me, other artists, you know, that were here before me, that would really hurt me because you know, I'm like, I really wish good for everybody and it would really hurt me. But I've slowly learned like, no, it's because I'm successful. If these guys weren't doing that, then I'm not making enough noise like i gotta you know get to work so ultimately learning that that's actually a good sign that i'm being successful and I'm, I'm getting up the ladder and then on social media you know there's gonna be you know i don't care who you are but there's gonna be people who are gonna bash your pictures write you know shitty comments um especially on paid ads those are the worst in tiktok but like just understanding where it's just, it's not personal. They don't, we don't know each other. And I go on TikTok live and I have great lives and I bat, I, I book clients off of almost every time I go on TikTok live, I book somebody. And if I read all the, the crazy trolling comments on there, I would never go on TikTok live. So, you know, just not taking that stuff personal. A lot of people starting off, it really starts getting to them, you know? Yeah, it's probably actually something that would keep people from success because they're afraid of that. So, like, they don't even start because they're afraid of what might happen, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's actually good signs, you know? It even got to a point where when I'm doing marketing and I'm getting all great comments on my advertisements, getting great comments. I'm getting tons of great feedback. I'm getting a lot of love. And I'm like, oh, so this is a very warm audience. And I, I want a cold oh. audience that doesn't know who I am. So when I'm doing these advertisements and I start getting all these little jokes from trolls and stuff, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm reaching new targets. I'm hitting a cold audience. They don't know who I am. And that's actually one way that I actually gauge it. You know? Hold the phone, rewind that if you're listening on the podcast. That is such a <laughs> gem drop because you have reframed it in your mind because most people, like our ego would be like, yeah, we like to feel that. 
positivity, but you're like, wait a minute. I, unless I'm getting those bad comments, I know I'm not really reaching who I need to reach and making a dent. That's so good. That is brilliant. Especially because what we do, I don't even think 10% of the country or the world knows what we provide. So we have to reach cold audience and it's brand awareness and awareness to our procedure for all artists, you know? So the more I market to people who have no clue what this even exists, the better for all of us, you know, these guys, um, guys and girls can be in a race to start doing celebrities and stuff like that, or be mad if somebody did this basketball player first, but no, somebody needs to do these guys because as long as somebody does them, so it's really an industry effort. Yeah, and what you just said there was really from a prosperity and abundance mindset than from a scarcity mindset, right? Like you were like, we mm-hmm. all benefit from this. And I think that that right there mm-hmm. is just like, if you can, I think that's probably one of, I don't know if you started out with that mindset or if that kind of grew as you went to these new levels. But just looking at our service as a whole, just looking at the industry as one, you know, nobody knows who we are. So the more people who market, the more people who make it aware of that we even exist, you know, the better for all yes. of us, you know? So it's these guys and girls get jealous of each other, but no, like somebody needs to start, somebody needs to do Will Smith. Somebody needs to do all these famous people, somebody got to do it. It's going to be better yeah. for every yeah. single one of us. I remember when celebrities started coming out and saying they've had microblading or permanent makeup brows and, and we would yeah. all use it. We were all like, you know, <laughs> such and such has done, you know, everybody uses yeah, it, right? Yeah. So it's so good. I know that you have changed the industry in a few different ways, but from what I've, you know, kind of looked at in terms of like, you're one of the few people in the U.S. that you can explain it better than me, but you certify them in a, yeah. it's a real, not a, you know, staples certificate type yeah. of thing, Office Max. Can you explain that? Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah, I tell them, you know, this is not a, <laughs> a Office Depot certificate. It's just me, you know, talking trash on the internet. But um, I just got a great relationship with the health department down here. They recognize me as an educator. They've personally been to my classes. They see what I do. And every person who comes to my class, they have the option. We do bloodborne pathogens in person in my class. And it's a really, really good class. It really makes people, it freaks some people out of how serious cross-contamination really is, you know? So, you know, everybody, you can do it online, but it's just not the same. You're going to ask Siri the questions and they don't show you these pictures and really see how serious cross-contamination is. So we do that in person in the class. So they get certified there, they take the test there. And then as an option, anybody who does want an official state of Florida tattoo license, I license them on the spot. I give the health department their information. They license them underneath me. Love that. Yeah, it's, it's some serious stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I... People's. We used to always have to do those classes and they would be at least four to five hours, if not all day in person before the whole online. Yeah. And you just never even wanted to eat lunch at the break. You know, you'd just be like, oh my God. You don't want to touch nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it's really cool. And I never in my life thought that I would have access to actually license people underneath my name and just be recognized by the health department. 
where else do you see you want to change the industry? Like what change do you want to see in the industry? All right. So as far as the training program goes worldwide, it's basically a three-day course from scratch. Classes are, you know, not everybody. There are some awesome teachers out there, but majority of these classes are freaking horrible. They're horrible. I have people that come to my class. I've taken plenty of classes before my class. And I've taken a handful of classes and watched tons of people teach. So they're, they're very, very bad. And even if the class is good, in three days from scratch, it's very hard to retain all that information. So what I did is how can I make, and then as an educator, teaching somebody from scratch, it takes a lot out of me also, you know? So how can I make the success rate higher? How can I make them retain? the information better and how can I make it a lot easier on myself at the same time so what I did I looked at normal college all colleges that you go in person you also study online every college on this planet as of right now you know so I built an online course that is better than most people's in-person training when they sign up they buy the equipment I mail them the equipment they get access to the online course so they practice at home they practice with the machines, the synthetic skins, you know, preferably four weeks, two weeks out. You know, I have people that sign up a week before. As long as you get a good amount of time to practice, anything longer than a month is enough time to develop a bad habit. But within several weeks, it's enough just to get familiar with everything. Then when you come in person, we're not starting from scratch. You already know the basic fundamentals. You're comfortable with the machine. And when now we can critique little things. And when I'm teaching this class and they're watching me work, they're really understanding all the advanced things I'm doing versus they came in here and never seen it before. So that was a game changer on both parties, the students and me as an educator. The classes are so smooth. I feel like everybody's an S&P artist by off of day one, you know, they come with less questions. They leave with less questions. The last month I actually signed two of the biggest deals. Of Can we hear about career. it? Yeah. So I did a collaboration with a product, a product company, which is huge. It's going to be a game changer. That I'll be announcing soon. It's in production. It's being made as we speak. But another one, it's towards education. I signed a very big deal uh, worldwide, and it's going towards the education of Scout Micropigmentation. I'm going to leave it like that. I'm going to <laughs> I got to wait till it's finished. It's in, I'm working on it right now. But it's all signed up, done, you know. But it's going to be something that the industry needs. Just trying to create a staple in the industry. I love know? that. That's so, amazing. That's so good. Congratulations. That's really good. What do you wish yeah, you would have known starting you. out? Like, what would you say? Like, now you're here, right? Like, and so looking back, what would you uh -huh. say to your younger self? Uh, are your shoes on tight? <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. I, I enjoy the process of everything. Again, it goes to learning. It's just been a really amazing journey, you know, so far. And I'm thankful for everything, good and bad, that I encounter. Because it all, you know, it, that's what builds us. But, you know, the shortcut to success is not skipping the process. The fastest way to be successful and make money is to actually put in the work and the practice. That is the fastest way. Yeah, you gotta hit the you know? stepping stones to get across the pond. People wanna just fly across. 
right? What was one of the biggest, like, people love to hear, I mean, we want to hear about your failures, but like something that you were just like, oh, you really learned a lesson from, like, was there a big misstep or failure, you know, quote, like, because you did learn from it, but like, was... Yeah, I mean, failing, to me, I don't dwell on failure. Uh, if anything, the more times I fail, I know I'm closer to getting it right, you know? So failure, I don't ever really look at failure as a bad thing. It's all means you're just that much closer to getting it correct. So the more, obviously, when we're doing these procedures, whether it's business or actually doing the procedure on a client, just being precautious and anybody who we take on as a client, you're accepting to take them. So give it your 100%. If you don't want to do that client, don't give them a half-assed work. Just don't do it, you know, but not being scared of failure. Just embrace it. The more times you fail, the closer you are to getting yeah, it. Yeah, right so on. good. So I think that what I'm always interested in, I think my students are interested in is like more of not the skill side of it, because that I think can be easily taught, but more of like uh -huh. the mindset and the success part of it, the business part of yeah. it, right? And so do you think it was more yeah. challenging in growing your brand or growing a team? All right, growing a team has been very hard. It's hard to find people that are gonna put in the same work as you. It's hard to find people you can trust. You just gotta be patient and just let the universe or God or whoever you wanna say, let them gravitate to you, just put out that energy. And, you know, just growing the brand, I love that. I have so much fun. I, you get to be creative. And just the psychology behind it, you know, when I looked at the S&P industry when I first started and everybody was going the more approach of acting like they were doctors and more surgical, which was great, it worked for them. Um, I come from an urban background. I come from the barbershop. I'm not really going to dress up like a doctor. You know, I'm more of an artistic person style. So I just went my complete own route against what the whole industry was doing. And I just did what I felt I wanted to do creatively, you know. And then, like, a quick gem is women tend not to have these problems in the brown PMU industry because women love to show off what they, their new things they got. Men are a little bit different. They always want to blur out their face. You know, you see all these S&P guys with blurred out faces and, and, you know, these big, huge sunglasses. That is probably the hands down worst mm. thing you can do to your company. You know, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can find a blurred out face on my Instagram. Don't exist. And I, very rare, I want to tell you one out of 30 will ask mm. me not to show their face, you know? My clients actually get pissed if I don't post them. Like, was my work not good enough? Um, and it's just all psychology. It's like, you come in here, you look amazing. Why would you not want to show people, you know? And just not showing a blurred out face. I am not going to show people that they should be ashamed to come to me. I will not do that, you know? You're happy when you come here. And that alone will completely change the way you book people. So good. You know? Yeah, it reminds me, I was just talking to my students yesterday about how you're teaching your prospective clients what to expect when they come in. If they're seeing clients give testimonials, they know that this is part of the culture. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I've seen that yes. you're yes. like when you go yes. live, it's almost like a party environment. Like it looks fun and cool to be there. I, I like I want to be no. there. <laughs> I would love for you to come. And it's just, man, these classes, I have not had a class where somebody hasn't cried because they're so happy. You know, it's just every class, all of us that are there teaching it, we all say, wow, this was the best class we ever had. Every single time we say the same thing. It's so good, you know? And when it comes to like selling and, and you know, just creating happy content, you know, and we don't, I don't like to sell. I like to just make it aware of what I do. You know, I'll, I'll tell them, man, if you know somebody that might want S&P, share the post for me. And, you know, not telling them, hey, yo, I could really hook you up, like you need me. You know, I would never say that, you know, I'll say, yo, you know, if you know anybody, I'm giving it, I got a special right now. Let them know. Tell them to call me. I just, I, I got to drop the seed, but I can't, I don't want to make them feel like they need to put that wall up. Like I'm pushing on them, you know, so good. little things like yeah. that, you know, you know, one of the things too, like I tell like a lot of these guys that might be nervous, like, oh no, I, I don't want no girls to know I got this done. I'm like, bro, do you understand that if you told a woman that this is a tattoo and not your hair, they're going to go crazy and they're, gonna, they're not going to leave you alone for like the next three hours. They want to touch this. They want to look at it. This is not something to be embarrassed about. You look, it's an enhancement. You look yeah. great. Okay. And it shows you care about your looks, right? Like you care about maintaining yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So good. Absolutely. I love that. Okay, so I also want to know anything that you wish you would have known, any lessons that you would say to a new artist, any particular challenges that you feel, you know, had you known this, you would avoid now. Anything like that is always just like gold for my audience. Man, it's so hard to say what to avoid and stuff like that because that is just part of your learning process and you kind of need those things. What I can say is dream something big that you think is not realistic and then times that times 10. Like there, there's nothing too, too big. Even the biggest dream I have is probably very small to what I can actually yes. do. And really just when you're starting out in our industry, S&P and PMU, just be prepared for frustration because you're going to have frustrating times, but it doesn't last forever. And one of the things I think helped me out the most was when I was growing my brand and I was growing my company and I was putting in so much work doing this, you know, a lot of people would say, why are you doing that? Like, why are you putting so much effort into this? And that was my security because I know everybody else is going to quit and no one's going to put in this amount of work. So that was kind of my security that it's okay to put in this extra amount of work because they're not going to do it, you know? So I don't have to worry about everyone else and their mom doing what I'm doing. They're not going to catch up, you know? And if they do catch up, they absolutely deserve it. And then you'll look at them differently. You know, all the guys that are like up top, you know, the top of the all industries, it's still competition, but it's a little bit friendlier competition because everybody knows what they did to get there and they all have a mutual respect for each other versus when you're at the very bottom of the ladder and it's competition, but it's everybody's trying to knock each other off and slowly you keep going. So this is a gem for everybody in the industry. 
the ego thing, you know, there was a time where I was not that I had an ego, but like, you know, I was making a lot of noise. I was very busy. And I thought if I trained with another artist, it would make me mm -hmm. look bad. You know what I mean? In all actuality, when I really thought about this, you know, and I, and I take things back to the barbershop because that's where my roots are from. I've, you know, worked in a shop with 10 other barbers that are extremely good. We all learn from each other, always. If you leave that shop and go to a new shop, you're doing that all over again. You're learning from all these new guys you're working with now. And one of the things I lacked in S&P was I'm in here by myself. I'm not working with all these other artists like I've done my whole life. So I was like, what would be the next stage of my career was like, I want to go around. I want to train with all of the guys that I really like. And I had to like, let this little thing go like, it's okay to go learn from somebody else. It doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you're going to be better. And letting that ego go and going to train with a bunch of other guys who I like their work. And once I did that, that really helped my work even explode even more. They showed so much respect to these other artists. They had a whole new outlook towards me and it just created just tons of great energy. And it doesn't matter how high level you are. Don't matter. Everything. And that again is another mindset gem of like just being a sponge and taking it all in and letting that ego go and not in collaboration over competition. Jacob Garcia Barber says, can someone who has never tattooed be as good at, at SMP as someone who has tattooed before? Like basically, you know, he's saying like he's never tattooed. The success rate of somebody without tattoo experience versus an experienced tattoo artist, and we're talking about body art, you know, traditional tattoos. The success rate of this guy is extremely low, and they have a lot of habits of tattooing on the body that are horrible for any type of PMU or S&P. So they have to break habits that they've created over 10 years. Taking somebody from scratch that's in the barber beauty industry or somebody from complete scratch, I got way higher success rate getting them very good. And they don't have bad yeah. habits. We just create good ones. Yeah. It's a completely different technique as well. Totally different technique. I much would rather teach somebody from scratch versus a, a yeah. skilled tattoo artist. Yeah. Or not. yeah, I definitely think SMP can be taught to anybody. And I think what's really key, if you're listening and maybe if you caught us halfway through, go back and listen to Taylor really talk. It's, if you're really just understanding his mindset, understanding his like determination, like the, one of the first questions I ask him is, you know, where does this drive come from? If you are the type of person that will, will put your all into something, then I think you'll be successful. Absolutely. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then too, everybody in PMU and SMP, majority of people have no background in the beauty industry or barber industry. You're seeing a lot of barbers now. And I do push towards people in the barber beauty industry just because that's where I'm from. But uh, SMP artists worldwide as a whole, uh, probably 80% of them have zero background in any type of cosmetics or cutting hair. You know, their majority, you're going to see somebody who was a client, got, got the procedure done, and that's going to be the most common scenario you see of how an artist yeah. was created. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen, I, I had a student yeah. that was an accountant, 
and she was like really into like mapping and symmetry and like the you know angles because of like how her brain works right so yeah. it can be so many different ways yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. awesome okay I want to know what is coming up for you. Where can we find you? Give us all the goods, all the details. Awesome. So my Instagram is Taylor Perry, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Taylor Perry SMP. You Google Taylor Perry SMP, you're going to see tons of stuff pop up. My website is taylorperry.com. It's just super simple. It's just my name. I have training consistently throughout the year and I have online training. And well. how often are the trainings in person? Typically bi-monthly, but I, I kind of do it as needed. If I have to do a class every month, if it's in demand, I will. If it's not, then I'll wait, you know? One of the really benefits of my class besides like, you know, uh, I can license you as a tattoo artist and the marketing and everything for every the bigger my class, the better my class. So one of these myths, this is a myth buster right here, is all of these artists, when you're shopping around for an educator, the first thing most of them say is, yo, don't go to somebody with a big class. My classes are only three and four students. So if you can't teach a classroom and you're not a teacher, if you can only teach three or four students, you're not a great educator you know, you should be able to teach a classroom if you want to be a teacher. And to keep these bigger classes really, really personal and really intimate for every four to five students, I fly in another SP artist that teaches also. So typically you got me plus four or five other teachers there. Even if they do certain things that might contradict the way I do it, I let everybody share their insight and you're not only getting me, you're getting a whole staff of really high level artists that just pour out everything, you know? So you get a lot of gems in these things. Every class is like, I just, I learn so much from everybody that comes in and helps me. I love that. It's like multi-level learning. Yeah. And then, you know, we all stay in contact at private WhatsApp groups, private Facebook page. So you have a lot of resources when you leave. You have contact with a whole community of people that have trained with me. A lot of them are teachers themselves. And you, you, there's so much ongoing support. Like if you really put in the work, you can't fail. You have so many. So, so good. You. Okay. So we're going to be on the lookout for a book or some type of education. Wink, wink. We don't know exactly what it is, but something good in that way. Some products, some really good stuff to keep following you with. So great. My final question to you is, is I want to know what brings you joy. So just think about that or any final words of wisdom that you want to impart with everybody. But I also just love, and I saw this, and this is why I reached out to you. It's like, you're just down to earth. Huh? And I just love, like, you enjoy the journey. Like, anybody that watches you, they can see that you enjoy yeah, the yes. process. And people just want to get yeah. to that, like, let's get to the good part, right? Like, just get to the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was just like, this guy gets it, man. He gets, like, this evolution yeah. in this building. So what would you, what are your final words? My final words is, like, just do whatever makes you happy. You know, if PMU and SMP really just does something to you and you love this service, then give it all you got and it's going to give you so much in return. The day I hate doing this, I'm going to quit. I love doing it and I'm going to keep on doing it, you know, but if you don't like it, just don't do it. 
you know, just follow your heart, you know. And one of the things is I was stuck in the barbershop for so many years. And I just had this thing inside of me, like, I have to get out of here. I feel like I'm in prison. Like, I have a whole entire, we have planet Earth. And I'm in this little barbershop. And I never leave. Like, I had to get out of there. And I had to just go. And I was like, the second I'm out of this barbershop, I am not stopping. And I have the whole globe to walk around and go anywhere I want, you know? So just just live. Whatever makes you happy, just do it. Follow your, your, your gut instincts, always right. Mm. So good, Taylor. So, so good. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I really, really enjoyed talking with you. And I just love, I'm so excited Thanks to so see all the good much. stuff that's coming for you. Because you you really, totally you likewise. really deserve it. You really have a great heart. So thank you again for sharing with my audience. Thank you so much. I appreciate my it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.